1: Say what you will about the 1980s. They were corny, they were ridiculous, they were obnoxious, and somehow also super grim. But my God, they gave us some killer movie soundtracks. We went into the danger zone, we believed in the power of love, we had the time of our lives. And now, the Great Pop Culture Debate Podcast wants to determine what is the best film soundtrack from the 1980s the heat is on and i'm sending glenn fry my utilities bill i'm your host eric resnack and please help me welcome my top of the charts panel he plans to hold his fist in the air in a freeze frame the entire recording it's jim zadzik
2: (laughs) don't 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 you forget about me
1: i never would jim but which breakfast club archetype are you
2: uh, you know, deep down, I'm the quirky introvert by nature.
1: Oh, I'm the slut.
3: Um, <laughs> are be- we all sluts we and are. all quirky introverts by nature?
1: Isn't I that the whole lesson yeah. of the yeah. Breakfast Club? I think so. <laughs> Part of it, yes Your tease, your tease. <laughs> no, teases Don't give it away. Um, <laughs> just a Beantown gay on a Saturday night looking for the fight of her life. It's Johnny Minogue.
0: I'm a maniac, maniac on the pod, and I'm potting like I've never pod before. <laughs> he
1: is, and actually, we are recording this on a Saturday night because our <gasps> lives are just that sad. So Ooh. there you have it. And she's got a head for music and a bod for sin. It's Kate Reculia. Is there anything wrong with that? Not in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to the debate, how does this work? We made a poll of 100 or so of the most notable film soundtracks from the 1980s. These were strictly films, not stage shows. And while we included all instrumental soundtracks in the initial poll, we opted not to include them on the final bracket. We'll do a best film score episode in subsequent debate. More than 50 people took the poll. We tallied their votes, ranked their picks by popularity, and added them to a bracket. Now we argue about it and insult each other, all for your amusement. Want to play along at home? You can. Head to greatpopculturedebate.com and go to polls in brackets. There you'll find the downloadable listener brackets for this and every episode of our little show. Do your picks match up with ours? Do you know who you're going to call when something's strange and it don't feel good? Let us know by <laughs> dropping a comment on this episode at our website or by yelling at us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And lastly, if you're curious about how we went from the top 32 down to the soundtrack 16, become a Patreon supporter of our podcast. Our Patreons at the $5 level or higher get excited exclusive access to the warm-up slash part one for each episode in which we work our way through round one it's like a whole bonus episode for each topic and it includes arguments you will not hear anywhere else and it's only one of the great patreon perks so please consider supporting us on patreon today with that out of the way let's crank up our walkmans and get straight to the debates i will say to long-term listeners of the debate the script for this one is going to be <gasps> a little different because round one was chaotic and there was no way for me to predict which ones would advance so we are winging this folks there is no script we are just going for it yep. you know
3: you... like any soundtrack you just like some of them are just gonna be demos from hanging around some of them are gonna be like wow that was a real banger we are but
0: flying by the seat of our pants we mm-hmm. are
2: if you're wondering about signing up for the Patreon feed, uh, I think this might be the one to listen to round one.
3: Oh, so, yeah. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. It was a
1: great discussion. Really good arguments. Super fun. Um, but yeah, it's not going to have the like sassy little terrible puns that Eric normally does because I literally <laughs> did not know what I was writing. Like literally. And almost everything changed. So uh, all right. Yep. With that out of yep. the way, uh, we're going to go first up. It's ultimate number one seed, Dirty Dancing, up against David Bowie and Puppets in Labyrinth, a four seed. And I believe we were unanimous that Dirty Dancing should advance. Um, I am completely fine with that. I do want to say that uh, I think Labyrinth is very much a generational pick uh, mm-hmm. If you were in your 20s mm-hmm. and 30s in the 80s, I doubt you really care about this one. But if you were a kid and you saw that movie, those songs, those Bowie songs really kind of I still I think really still echo with us. And it can
3: be uh, like your first experience, your first exposure to Bowie.
1: Like, it, totally. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast before, but I showed <gasps> Labyrinth to my niece when she was like four, which sidebar probably too young, um, but we're sitting there watching it and David Bowie comes on and the first thing she says to me is, uncle eric what's wrong with that girl's privates because david (laughs) bowie like notably in this movie does not wear any type of underwear and Mm -hmm. Lil bowie is flopping around everywhere right i was like bless him bless him him, right what a legend oh take Um, me to suffragette city (laughs) seriously um and i was was like oh that's actually that's a that's a man his name's david bowie um and that's why his privates are different she's like okay and then he starts singing (laughs) okay and she says to me Uncle Eric, do you think that girl's a good singer? And I was like, again, that's a man. His name is David Bowie, and yes, I think he's a great singer. And she turns, she's like, oh God, I don't. <laughs> I don't <laughs> love you, um, but no, it is. It's it's a great kind of introduction to to the music of David Bowie, and it is a fantastic, very dark movie with some beautiful music in it. So. I've rhapsodized too much. We'll move on. Up next, it's three-seed Fest Top Gun up against two seeds Back to the Future. I will speak on Top Gun. But, Johnny, why don't you get in idea to Lorian and take us Back to the Future?
0: Oh, yes. The, I'm about to strike the clock tower with some lightning on this one. Um, so what we were looking at is that you got an amazing soundtrack, which is headed by two Huey Lewis and the News songs, like Power of Love and Back in Time, which were... But which actually bookmarked the movie because "Power Love" started it off, and "Back in Time" was in the credits. Um, there were those are some of the two most amazing songs that came out of that era of, of music. I mean, Huey Lewis was was at the at the top of his game at that point he had been number one soundtrack i mean number one album with sports he had put they wanted to get him onto this album they tried to get him on ghostbusters and then that didn't happen and the, oh, there's a whole other legal question about that anyway we'll get oh. to the, yeah it's, it's very interesting ray, ray parker jr and uh huey lewis but anyway so they didn't have to worry about getting somebody who sounded like ray uh harry lewis in the news they got him um and not only did it we we've two really awesome um Uh, songs from the 1980s, Power of Love, which is... Again, this is one of my this is one of my favorite movies of all time. So I'm excited to talk about this. Um, but it also has some 1950s nostalgia for that was really popular at the time in the 80s. So we have Earth Angel and Johnny Be Good with which was not, not Michael J. Fox. You would think it was <laughs> Michael J. Fox, but they had some they had some studio musicians doing that. But it was it was just it really brought you to both the 1955 and 1985 of of Hill Valley, and there are couple other songs there was a lindsey buckingham song and an eric clapton song on this on this al- on this album if you weren't aware of it i thought it was um overall a really good really exciting album. Now, I know some people are not big fans of some of the other tracks on it. I think the score probably is a little bit more um, iconic than any of the other tracks that are not Huey Lewis on the news. But, however, I still think that those Huey Lewis songs and the um, Chuck Berry-inspired Marty McFly uh, versions are still going to be something that people would look at as an amazing soundtrack from the 1980s.
1: Yeah, and I want to talk a couple things that we discussed in the the Patreon. I think are important to know for this. We converse. We conversed. Yeah, <laughs> sure. We conversed. We, we talked. Conversed? About, we conversed about the fact that um, the '50s and '60s nostalgia was so ever present in the soundtracks of the '80s. Like the boomers were having a moment, right? And when it came to soundtracks that were. All 50s and 60s songs, so Stand By Me, Big Chill, we knocked those out of contention pretty early because they aren't really emblematic of the 80s. Back to the Future, much like the movie itself, straddles both, right? It has the 50s scenes and the 80s scenes. So I still think those songs are very relevant. Um, And we also talked about the fact that songs that were in the movie but didn't make it onto the actual soundtrack release We're still fire game for our discussion and i think that's especially important with back to the future because i don't know about anybody else on the panel if you tried to find the back to the future soundtrack to listen to to do your research for this episode good luck you mm-hmm. can't find it anywhere mm-hmm. was that true for anybody else
2: it was tough to yeah. find well, yeah. i just looked up the songs i think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and that's same, what i did same.
1: Yeah, but, like, I had to go to YouTube and listen to really shitty YouTube uh, playlists of it. But, like, it does not exist on Spotify. It does not exist on Apple or Amazon that I was finding. So it's interesting that this... Uh, kind of disappeared much like Marty McFly would have had he not united his parents. Um, but <laughs> those two Huey Lewis songs are amazing. And um, yeah, I love yeah. giving Huey Lewis any cred. I don't know if you've, you've kept up with him. He's had a rough couple of years. Um, oh yeah. Oh Huey. It is. It's very sad. Um, but the I would, behind the music. Oh yeah. I am here to talk about Top Gun and the danger uh, zone. The Danger Zone, And uh, in round one, I argued that, uh, Really, I stopped my argument with this, has not one but two songs from the king of 1980s soundtracks, Mr. Kenny Loggins, um, those being... Danger Zone and Playing with the Boys, both attractive to very different audiences. Uh, all of those audiences have penises. Um, but then we didn't even talk about the frankly signature song from the Top Gun album, which is Berlin's Take My Breath Away. And it is a beautiful ballad that is so evocative that it makes love scenes between Kelly McGillis and Tom Cruise seem plausible. Like That's magic, you know? Um, and, like Those are just three of the songs on this album, I have notes here somewhere that I, I need to find, but um, there are amazing <laughs> other songs on okay. Top Gun. Wait, I can find it. I can find it. I have it in my notes. Um, uh, there we go. Badass, but, but,
0: badass. but wait, but wait, isn't it because Kelly McGillis was supposed to believe that now knowing what we know about Kelly McGillis, it went the opposite way?
1: It may- uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, no, but seriously, I think Top Gun is in my opinion, a a legendary soundtrack back to the future is a good one, but I do think it is telling that you cannot find the back to future soundtrack right now. And top Gun is still, you go to uh, any record store. I buy vinyl. You got plenty of copies of top gun. Good luck finding back to the future, which actually may be an argument against my point, but Jim, where are you Mm -hmm. on this one?
2: I'm'm I'm going in the highway into the danger zone here. Um, it definitely I agree. And, and also, like I know we talked about uh, picking song, it's okay to include the songs outside of the soundtrack album, but the soundtrack album for Top Gun is um, is strong. It, it even you know, they purposely end with that epic theme song as a last track, which really kind of gives this this album full of bangers all the way through um, a nice kind
1: of
3: a quiet end.
1: It is. Yeah. It is a, it is a soundtrack full of bangers. Kate. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I am also on team top gun Berlin's
1: take my breath away
3: is one of, it was written by Giorgio Moroder Did you know that? It was, and, yeah. and Tom Whitlock. Yeah. It's, it is an extremely synthy new wavy eighties song that you would know this song from the eighties. Like if you had eighties compilations or, you know, we're watching anything about the eighties, you would know the song without necessarily knowing it was from top gun. Um, so I think that there's a Jessica Simpson version. Oh, god. There is, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, there I'm is on Wikipedia of, yeah.
1: right now. Yeah, it's right we'll now. <laughs>
0: it's no, no,
3: don't, no, don't uh, listen to it. Anyway,
1: get behind me, I, Satan. I will not have yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think again.
3: I the the Huey Lewis songs are great, um, but I think Top Gun takes us. It takes it. So there were, were there were multiple Singles, Danger Zone, Take My Breath Away, Heaven in Your Eyes, which is by uh, Loverboy, mm. Mighty Mighty Wings by Cheap Trick. It's so like... corny, but I love it. <laughs> and then playing with the boys, which, as uh, Eric uh, elucidated in the the first episode, is the soundtrack of one of the great uh, volleyball scenes in American cinema.
1: Gay. <laughs> Like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Johnny's had a rough episode. If you listen to our one, most of think it have got I this one I'm okay with this okay. one.
0: i wow. like, you didn't think that this is gonna stand the test.
1: You've been a good sport. Uh, we are going to play Duck, Duck, Goose, and Gun will continue to round three. Next up, it's eight-seed Weird Science, which pulled a hell of an upset, outing a one-seed Breakfast Club in round one. And it's now up against five-seed Say Anything. Jim, you wanted to talk about Weird Science while Kate is going to take on Say Anything. I'm going to have Jim go first.
2: All right. Um, I think that, I mean, we're comparing uh, some things that are similar, certain kind of era. You Mm -hmm. have a boombox over the head type of uh, aspect for Say Anything. Uh, Weird Science has, I think, a little more new wave and quirky stuff that fits the film better and highlights some of the unique aspects of the 80s. So I I like to celebrate that from comparing these two.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And Kate, what do you got up for Say Anything?
3: So, say anything, Cameron Crowe's directorial debut, if there's anything we know about Cameron Crowe, he likes a soundtrack. The music is integral to the experience of the film. And when I was making my picks, I had sort of a three-pronged rubric. The first one is... um, how how much does the music exemplify the decade? How 80s is it? Um, what is the balance in the soundtrack of bangers to filler? And is the music, like, a pivotal, integral part of the experience of the film, or is it essentially sort of incidental? Say Anything kind of hits all those things, and it's very, like, the cool alt-kids 80s album. You've got Cult of Personality, Living Color. You've got Cheap Trick You Want It. You've got Red Hot Chili Peppers, Taste the Pain, Depeche Mode Stripped, um, Um, The Replacements, Fishbone, and Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes, with one of the most iconic images of 80s film, which also has to do with 80s music, um, of John Cusack hoisting that boombox over his head. Now, I mean, there are, yeah... I, I I'm arguing for this, but there is some part of me that like really there's no Oingo Boingo
1: on the soundtrack.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. and, like I am an Oingo Boingo girl, so I could be swayed away from the thing I just argued for.
1: It's a tough one, I think, genuinely, because I argued for <laughs> Weird Science in round one and it has a lot of really cool, interesting songs on it. But say anything has even more cool, interesting songs, and they're arguably by more successful artists. Johnny, yes. where are you on this yes. one?
0: Um, I'm with say anything. I was in the first round. I argued for it, and I was completely passionate for it then. Um, and I th- there's so many there's so many different parts that come into it. It is a very um, varied and um, it's diverse. a good mix it's a diverse it's a good mix. mix of songs yeah from different types of artists some who are coming up some who are more established so you have like <laughs> cheap trick and your fishbone they're very different genres yep. and different times so yep. i feel that that it is a much better cultivated soundtrack um hmm. so that's why i'm going to say anything
1: this is going to be a bad argument and i'm going to put it right out there right now I think that say anything as a soundtrack is almost like a mixtape that is cultivated yeah. by mm-hmm. a guy to try to speak to a girl the same way that Lloyd Dobler is in the movie. Mm-hmm. And weird science is mm-hmm. almost like a party soundtrack for mm-hmm. a house party, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. to take anything away with it. Cause it's a, it's a banging soundtrack. That's the mm-hmm. sort of like mood of the movies, yeah. though, right? Yes. Like yeah. that's yeah, yep. Which I think makes them both very successful in very different ways. Um, so that's why
2: it's tough, I think, because I agree, they yeah. both do that well.
1: Yep. Yeah, I agree. There's this is the same one we had a, another situation in a, in a different debate today where there's no bad winner. It's just a mm-hmm. bummer for whoever loses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Kate, you're with say anything? Did you say I'm going to stay with say anything? I'm going to stay with say anything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Johnny, you're staying with. I'm say, saying anything.
0: With say anything yep
1: i think i'm also going to go with say anything here even though i mm-hmm. i fought very mm-hmm. passionately for mm-hmm. weird science i think say anything is the better soundtrack at the it, at the end of the day i think it's a more meaningful and if you were a teenager at that time period i feel like say anything really spoke to you on a musical level. Just, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I may be completely off on that. Um, speaking of 80s teen angst, let's continue with three-seed Pretty in Pink, which is currently up against two-seed blockbuster Ghostbusters. Johnny, I want you to talk about Pretty in Pink, and I will defend why Bustin makes me feel good. Go for it, Johnny.
0: Okay, so I'm excited for this battle, because it's an Annie Potts battle, so oh, hi, it's awesome. it totally is. I'm so excited for this one. All right, so this woman's gonna design you a good argument on on uh, pretty and pink. So not gonna I, design r- a good
1: dress though. <laughs> oh was
0: terrible oh, no it's, it's a, crime. It, makes, it's it makes a me, crime it makes me sad because the, the dress that Annie was wearing yes! was so pretty yes. what did you do it's like it's like you took it through a shredder and just glued it back together no awful awful anyway yeah no that was terrible. <laughs> anyway so let's go back to the soundtrack shall we so we're talking about a, a couple of songs in here which was talking about a teen talking about teen movies this is another Brat Pack classic with Molly Ringwald's and we have some more Molly Ringwald movies coming later on, but we've got um, the psychedelic fur is pretty and pink. The title track, which is such a really cool song, with the with the with the. Vocals of the of the lead singer And the horns and then you have If you leave OMD Which oh. is just that mm-hmm. that Oh It's so just because It chills yeah. and but then you have also Other tracks on the new order Echo and the Bunnyman the Smiths And Suzanne Vega At the beginning of her career with Joe Jackson mm. those are You have a really great group of Artists in excess um, There, So we're talking about like the kind of you <laughs> early kind of pre-alternative music era of music but this was kind of like it was coming out a new wave and they had some they just had a really good group of artists who were able to come together for this and it wasn't in the soundtrack but Otis Strings Try a Little Tenderness mm-hmm. with, with Ducky trying and pleading who I should have ended up with, with uh, her at the end but even mm-hmm. still just added one little cherry on top of an absolutely epically good soundtrack from a whole bunch of amazing uh, artists from the 80s and i was um i i would be i could put this on right now and just listen to every single track on it and enjoy it for what it is
1: yeah this one is really hard because this is really hard we were just talking about saying anything speaking to the teens and and, and being like the cool soundtrack of the decade but pretty in pink has got i think arguably the coolest album on this list every single artist you just mentioned like mm-hmm. were cutting edge at that time mm-hmm. and they're all great songs and they're not the obvious songs from them right they're really yeah. interesting songs i had this on cassette in my very first car which is a 1992 nah. mercury topaz um and <laughs> uh, that tells you something um and i loved it i listened to this all the time that was in the 90s but still um it it's a great soundtrack but it's up against ghostbusters which Tell me if anybody else had this experience when you were in grade school. You had music class and how many times did the music class and maybe I'm a little bit older than the other people on here but did the music class end with the class begging the music teacher to put on Ghostbusters so everybody <laughs> could yell Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters.
3: Ghostbusters. anybody else do this? I mean I remember lending the music
1: teacher my cassette
3: of oh. it which is why it had my name on it
1: Interesting, were that you memory. the person who was giving us the, because Kate and I went to I might be! That's incredible I might be, um, I might be. Again, I I'm a little bit older than the other people on this podcast, but like that song was omnipresent. That Mm -hmm. song was hugely popular. But as we discussed in part one, you can't have or do you weigh one mega hit song on a soundtrack higher than a soundtrack that is filled with six, sevens, and eights, right? And I will say
0: that I will say this, and I mentioned this in the back to the future thing. Um so this so so the song Ghostbusters was they wanted to actually get Huey Lewis to do the soundtrack, and he he was he wasn't doing it for one one reason or another. They got Ray Parker Jr. to come in to record Ghostbusters. Huey Lewis then ended up suing him. For, yeah. for copyright infringement, because it was so similar to his I Want a New yeah. Drug. Yeah. So mm. it was a, it was a, it had to outsource it to somebody else to do just a carbon copy of it. Now, not saying it's not a great song, it is, but it, it's a little, it's a little bit of like, well, we couldn't get a first choice. So here's a second choice. It's mm-hmm. an awesome song. And yes, I am that era where I would have sang that. I wouldn't have that in music class. I think we did Michael Jackson, but in any mm. event. Um, so, with that being said, because there isn't the same type of legalities with it, that's why Pretty in Pink would be a better option.
1: Jim, I know you're a huge Ghostbusters fan. Where are you on this one?
2: I, I am, and um, what well, you had a music class I've had for the last two years with my four year old and three. <laughs> <laughs> it started in Halloween and it hasn't stopped from two years ago. Um, but uh, Pretty in Pink. Is is more of a of just a great playlist of a yeah. starter pack for cool new wave '80s music. It's great representation of the time period, so that one wins over for me.
1: Okay, uh, Kate, where are you?
3: I am also on Pretty in Pink, despite being. you know, a person who had this on cassette and I will. So Jim mentioned it in the, in the pre-show, the first, the first part of it, how great the song magic is Mm -hmm. and how like wonderful it is in that scene when like all hell is breaking loose and the ghosts are coming out in New York. It's a really great song. Um, and
2: it's only on and, that soundtrack, right? Like, it yeah, was... I think it's
3: only on that soundtrack. Um, and the Elmer Bernstein theme is incredible yeah. too. Uh, so, yeah. but Pretty in Pink is a really good soundtrack. It's a really good soundtrack.
1: And I will say the other songs on Ghostbusters, even though Air Supply, Laura Branigan, mm-hmm. My Gay Heart mm-hmm. Lives,
0: uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Laura Branigan,
3: I
1: know Fallen Angel. It's just, um, it's it, as a whole it's just not as strong as pretty and pink yeah. so mm. that's why i'm completely fine with pretty and pink advancing to yep. the elite 8 next up yep. it one seed footloose versus five seed fast times at Ridgemont high and i believe we were unanimous for footloose despite the fact that Ridgemont also filled with really great songs yeah. uh, somebody's baby as we were mentioning in in the earlier round is incredible yeah. i still to this day it's it's untouchable it's um, a great song it sounds incredible still every time you hear it just up against footloose Yeah, it's up against
3: Footloose. It's up against Footloose. I... I can't vote against lose here.
1: Kenny Loggins, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to be hearing <laughs> that name a lot this episode. And
3: Bonnie Tyler. And Bonnie, and Taylor. Bonnie Tyler. And
1: Denise, uh, what's her name? Denise. Uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. I uh, want to say Denise Williams, but I don't think that's correct. Yes, yeah, Denise
0: Williams. Okay, Let's, hear great. Boy, yeah. Let's hear it for the boy. Let's hear it for the boy.
1: All right, so moving on, it's three-seed fame versus two-seed flash dance. Kate, you wanted to speak up for fame, and Johnny, you wanted to... Take a steel time girl out for a Saturday night and go with flash dance. I'm making this up as I go, people. There's nothing written. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kate go first.
3: <laughs> okay, so Fame is famous is one of those m- movies and music that I was just like aware of as a child because it was in the air. Like the song Fame, I had no concept of its context, but I loved it, right? Um until I saw I saw the movie when I was probably in my 20s and I was like, "Oh my god, this is a great movie." <laughs> like it's a great movie. It hits all of those things, right? It is extremely exemplifies the 80s, it's sort of like I want want to be famous with my art um and the the music the Irene Cara songs are have that great sort of synthy produced torch song fame out here on my own incredible um it is a completely integral part of the movie Fame is a musical about creative kids at like the the Fame High School the Performing Arts High School so Hot Lunch Jam is a jam and is actually a, a like a sequence in the film where the kids in the lunchroom are doing the hot jam and let's talk about i sing the body electric which is the final part of the movie when they are all graduating seniors and they sing the body electric and there's like dancers and like it's it's extremely earnest and extremely cheesy and i just think it's a wonderful soundtrack i don't think there's any that i mean yes the Palma Crane songs are not as successful as the irene kara songs but it's still it's only eight songs and all of it is good
1: Yeah, that's that's fair. And speaking of the talented Miss Kara, Johnny, Mm. talk to us about Flashdance.
0: What a feeling! First one, there's nothing but a really good soundtrack. (laughs) We have this, yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk about the other Irene Caris, uh album on here. So, well, she's only one. She's only one actress. Uh, only one person on this. And well, it starts off like flash ends. What a feeling! It's another Giorgio Moroder. Giorgio Moroder was a lot all over this uh, soundtrack. He all over wrote, this decade. All over this decade. <laughs> and she, what he, a he was from the '70s too. Yeah. So I mean, he. So he 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 wrote at least half of the songs on here. Um, mm-hmm. and you can and you can hear it. It's like. Flashdance, what a feeling! Is still, it is still one of those anthems that gets you pumped up. Uh, i like, when I think of it, I can see the, the really bad Jennifer Beals uh, body double with the mustache doing oh. a doing a breakdancing on the floor. Amazing. It's amazing. so but, then there's other songs. It's like you have. You know, Maniac, which we've, which was in my intro, which is okay. still a cool, cool. So, steel Town Girl, they are no more steel factories in Pittsburgh, by the way. So, they're not, they're not Steeltown Girls like that. But, um, Shandy Cinnamon, who it was, sounds like a porn star from the eighties. He's a dream is such a sexy song. It starts off with that uh, just really kind of choppy guitars. And it's like, he is a dream. And you can feel like you're in this. What was supposed to be a strip club, but in 1983 couldn't make a movie about a strip club. Um, Manhunt. I'm going on a manhunt. What kind of steel town girl doesn't want to go on a (laughs) manhunt? Donna Summer makes an appearance on this. She does. Well, Scotty Georgia Marotta was like, Donna, let's go. Come here. Kim Carnes is on air. Laura Branigan is on this soundtrack, too. A a, a song called Imagination. So it is it is 40 minutes of pure magic there is nothing. there's not one song that i would say is like terrible there's a couple that i go not my favorite but every single one of these songs it it really sets the mood for this for this movie and stands alone as one amazing soundtrack and it's it was one of the highest selling soundtracks of the decade
1: yeah It, it i mean without this music flashdance is not the success that it was Mm-mm. no that's true uh jim where are you on this
2: um am I, I, okay so i haven't seen either one to be honest that's am, I ma- am i a maniac for that um no. <laughs> it, it's 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 hard to argue against one of the best-selling albums of all time um, yeah. nine grammy awards um it definitely has a cool sound of the 80s it um definitely has a feeling to it so I, i'm going with flashdance
1: and what a feeling it is. Um, here's my argument. And frankly, Jim, you just kind of encapsulated it. If we're talking about the sound of the 80s, fame almost goes into the 70s for me. Yeah, it, it does. It, mm-hmm. it, it's true. It means mm-hmm. almost into kind of mm-hmm. those like Jesus Christ superstar, that type of an. I mean, it's not quite to that level. But you see what I'm saying. It's very musical theater, whereas Flashdance is quintessential 80s music. Like, top to tail and um for that reason i go with flash dance it's also the higher seed so uh it will advance and fame is out it did not live forever uh one seed purple rain is next up against four seed ferris bueller's day off we were unanimous in putting forward with purple rain here i do want to make the note that ferris bueller's day off never actually got a soundtrack album and never got a release um the they did eventually like the fans petitioned and there was one released many many years later i want to say late 90s but john hughes was like i'm not releasing this because i don't think it's going to be commercially successful it's such a bizarre mix of music you've got donka shane you've got the beatles twist and shout you've got obviously the um Chicka uh, uh, yellow, chika chika, yellow mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. um I love it. It was one of my favorite movies for many, many years. It's it's kind of slipped in my estimation since, but I it's up against Purple Rain, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. and yep. uh, that's pretty stiff competition. So uh, even for the Sausage King of Chicago, Abe Froman. Uh, next up, The Goonies, a three seed, is up against seven seed, Risky Business. Johnny, you wanted to speak on The Goonies for a second.
0: Yeah, I did. I, I wanted to... I just really wanted to say it's because City Lopper's one of my favorite artists of all times. And I love... I was like, I love her. But with the Goonies, she the Goonies are good enough, she really did not like that song for many, many decades for a number of reasons. Um, She didn't like how it got kind of... She kind of was strong-armed into doing it and she didn't like it. There's a lot of bad memories about that. So she doesn't really like it. So I don't think we could really... I mean, she's come around eventually because her fans love it, but I can't go and vote for the goodies over risky business for the fact that even the artist who made the actual iconic song from that from that movie wasn't a fan of it at the time. So. I love you, Cindy, and this is for you. <laughs> I'm voting for risky business.
1: He, he's committing seppuku in order to please Cindy Lauper. Um, I,
0: I could be. Hey, I could do it for a lot worse. It's true,
1: um, and I will say this: like I believe that if you take out that song, there's not much there for the Goonies soundtrack. No. Um, no, but I will also, since we're talking about Cindy Lauper and songs on '80s um, uh, soundtracks. Vibes, one of my very favorite movies. No! Oh, um, yes, and, and it's Cindy Lopper's big acting debut. She has a song on Vibes called There's a Hole in My oh, Heart That Goes All the Way to China. China. And it's so good, and I cannot find it anywhere. And it bums me out because it's great. Um, so kind of an aside, but um we stand Cyndi Lauper on this here podcast, and she was kind of the unsung queen of several like D-list. 80s soundtracks yes. yeah. um, but I love her for that I love that journey
0: And once they do Kinky Boots the musical movie she'll have her EGOT
1: absolutely absolutely and I welcome that um, Jim are you sticking with Goonies you did on round one no you're switching no. to risky business <laughs>
2: no I, I agree with you guys it's definitely that's worth talking about risky business later
1: yeah yep. and Kate you're yep. going with risky too I, I... I am. yes great I am. so with that we are at the end of round two we're going to hop into a DeLorean and get sexually harassed by our teenage parents and we will be right back <laughs> another day is here and
2: you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to say for it
1: And we're back for round three of our best 80s soundtrack debate. Our button downtown won't allow us to dance to that rowdy rock and roll music, but we can still express ourselves on social media. Before we go into the next matchups, I want to ask my panel, where can people find you online? And hopefully without raising the ire of John Lithgow. Jim, what about you?
0: (laughs) Um, I'm on Twitter at JCZAD. Perfect. Johnny? I'm on everything as Johnny Minogue, one word, no H.
1: Like the like the singer Minogue.
0: Like the singer Minogue, the exactly. one and only. Well, there's two, but yes. There's two, but.
1: <laughs> Kate, what about you?
3: Uh, I am on Twitter, only occasionally at Kate Raculia. And if you like cat pictures, I am on Instagram as Gomez Rack.
1: That's my cat. Perfect. And we do love her cat photos. And you can find me at Eric Resniak. That's E R I C R E Z S N Y A K at Twitter and Instagram, or just message at Great Pop Culture Debate on Insta or at Culture underscore debate on Twitter. So with that out of the way, let's move on to round three before Gozer the Gozerian asks us if we are gods. For the record, yes, we are gods. Uh, always. First, always. Always say yes. Always say yes, Ray. Uh, <gasps> first up, Dirty Dancing versus Top good. And um, I want to go around the horn first. Kate, where are you on this? Dirty dancing. Uh, Jim? Uh, Dirty dancing. I could be suede. Johnny? I'm going with baby. Well, nobody puts her in a corner. No. Um, I have argued very sharply for Top Gun up until now. But I have to say... Dirty Dancing was our ultimate number one seed. It by far got the most votes. And yep. I think that is correct for yep. multiple reasons. So yep. I don't even think we need to debate. We're going to move dirty uh, nope, dancing. Just move on it on. Keep going. Next, it's up Say Anything versus Pretty and Pink. And I wanna see uh, Kate, who are you voting for here?
3: I'm gonna go with Pretty and Pink just because personally I am more of a New Wave fan.
1: Johnny um i'm going with say anything
0: because there's just so many um, amazing iconic songs from the 1980s that ended up on this soundtrack
1: why don't you walk us through nature and give us some of those examples
0: oh yes let's do it so cult personality uh, living color taste the pain red hot chili Peppers, stripped depeche mode creepy as fuck love it um and keeping the dream alive, fry hearts. Nancy Wilson, Nancy Wilson, who is, was who is, uh, Cameron Crow's wife, who is nice. the. Was the was the blonde from I was gonna I was gonna go another way from I was gonna go somewhere else but from heart not Anne but the guitar but Nancy yeah but
3: Nancy, Nancy
0: yeah Nancy I was, I was I was remembering the heart behind the music and being like Anne's the face and Nancy's the something else so mm-hmm. I didn't want to use that so um, but she has a hit. she has something and then of course what can we say when you have one of the biggest songs of the lot of the end of the twenty twenty century in your eyes by peter gabriel when you put them all together yeah it none of them were from that from that movie they weren't originated for that movie but you put them together and it you got amazement
1: yeah, and I'm wondering. I don't know if this is true, but if say anything was one of the first movies that was kind of a hit for compilation of current music, and I don't know if that I don't know if that's accurate. That's or not. a good
3: question. I mean, it's 1989. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's a, that would be
1: a, That would be something that requires more research. Yes, yeah. and we did not do that as we mentioned. This is a chaotic episode, folks. <laughs> uh,
2: where are you on this one? Uh, Pretty and pink for me. I I think it's uh, one of the best John Hughes soundtracks in my opinion. Um, as we, I don't want to retread what we've said before, but I mean, there's a lot on there. Suzanne Vega, Psychedelic Furs, New Order, The Smiths, Echo and the Bunnymen. I think it is interesting. Uh, I don't know if this sways an argument or not, but diving into Wikipedia, um, I, that a lot of the songs were re-recorded or recorded specifically for the film. Mm. And um, so they adjusted like uh, Pretty in Pink by Psychedelic Furs was re-recorded to be less raw. So it fit the film better. Uh, left to Center by Talk Talk was remixed. Um you have uh some other songs, uh Echo and Bunnyman's Bring On The Dancing Horses was recorded specifically <laughs> for the film. Such um, a good song. Yeah. And so like, and those have kind of become their own their own new wave staples outside of the film itself, but also it's very integrated in with the film. There's yeah. some great stuff that didn't make the the album itself um that are they're not specifically 80s, but there's some other great songs like Try a Little Tenderness and Cherish. Mm-hmm. Um you know the uh, Huff Post called it the 15, uh, 15 <laughs> film uh, <laughs> compilations that'll change your life. And uh, Rolling Stone said it's the, the 25 greatest soundtracks of all time. So, you, you, I mean, you can't argue with those two sources. You can't
1: argue with it. Um, th- I mean, listen, these are two really great albums about two quintessential teen movies from the 1980s. But I think what is making me lean towards Pretty and Pink is the fact that the songs were made or at least changed for the movie whereas in uh say anything it was cameron crow being very good at his job and selecting and songs yeah. mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he knew from that era would be relevant to that audience but i feel like pretty in pink uh the music is more integral to the film which is one of your rubrics right kate yes yeah, yeah
0: absolutely
3: so mm-hmm. i think
1: we're three for pink and one for anything correct
0: Yes. I believe so, yes.
1: Okay, so that means Pretty in Pink advances. Next up, it's Footloose versus Flashdance 2 that I always get mixed up in my head, but I think they're both great albums. Johnny, which one are you picking here?
0: Flashdance.
1: All right, Kate. (sighs) (sighs) I'm going to give it
3: to Footloose. Okay. Because of Let's Hear It for the Boy. Mm Mm-hmm. Almost paradise and holding out for a hero and footloose Kenneth Loggins, Kenneth Loggins. Loggins. There's Kenneth Loggins. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, we cannot have a final four without a Kenny Loggins, in there i'm sorry mm,
3: it's true it's true uh, yeah no it's just it's and the other thing too like obviously flash dance is about dance it's about music footloose is about music and a whole other level mm-hmm. right like it is literally about a town that has has banned music and dancing celebration right and so it's about it's about the the joy and the necessity of being footloose let's dance which is kind of like anticlimactic and adorable at the end and also just like little kevin bacon like angry dancing in a barn or wherever the hell he is like (laughs) i just i when i think of images of footloose i see multiple Music sort of like stills from music videos, and when I think, actually this is probably unfair because I have never seen Flashdance, but all I see is her like pulling the bucket and the psh, you know that. that yeah, oh, it's,
0: <laughs> it's yeah, it's more than just that. that there's more, yeah, yeah. She was yeah, she was she was struggling herself. Like that, she was a welder who really wanted to make it make it big and go to uh, the ballet school, and she was a rough around the edges girl. And you know, a lot of the songs are talking about trying to raise up and be and get to that point. I mean, what a feeling.
1: You know what's amazing as you guys are describing this, it's the same thing we had in round 1 when we had Working Girl versus Top Gun. It yeah. is the same story, the male and female version of it. It literally is. <laughs> um and we went with Top Gun and I'm sorry, I think I'm going with the man again. Um, Goddamn patriarchy. <laughs> God damn patriarchy. But I mean, that was the 80s, you know. Um Jim, <laughs> honestly, yes, is emblematic of the decade. It is. Jim, true. where are you on this one?
2: Uh, you know, I, I flashdance sold so much i mean i don't know if that has uh, like as an album if that's
1: did footloose, yeah. sell more let's, see. footloose? Let's, see. let's see footloose let's see footloose blah 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 so
3: I know. and what if it was... got an oscar okay okay all right footloose did not get an oscar no. it won
1: an oscar in my heart doesn't that count
2: <laughs>
3: also at the 15th anniversary collector's edition also has hurt so good by john mellencamp mm. and waiting for a girl like you oh. which is such a good
1: song, such a good song. <laughs> and like this is the thing i, I actually will argue that the Flashdance soundtrack has a lot of artists that were uh, either didn't quite peak or didn't quite fully form and the flash dance or excuse me the footloose soundtrack has like huge artists on it huge artists big songs so almost paradise that's also ann wilson is it? So
3: we it's had Dan Nancy. Wilson. Yeah, it's, oh, it's Van Wilson God. and Mike Reno. Let's uh, hear it for the boy, I, Denise
0: Williams. I will have a fun fact I ended up having these two um, champagne flutes that I got at a Salvation Army that said Almost Paradise on class oh of 1987 on <laughs> like yes! it. This is it, like in 2000. I just loved it because it was so goddamn cheesy. I just had to have them, even though I, had, I was like, that was not my prom. But uh, yeah, I'm still going with Flash Chance because I still mm. think it's the better It's the better movie.
1: Oh, I mean, I won't argue with you there. Mm -hmm. I like Flashdance is a better movie. I think between the two, but I think Footloose is the better soundtrack. I'm sorry.
0: I don't know. Um, i I listened to I listened to Flashdance so much growing up, so it's I it's ingrained in my it's ingrained in my blood. So,
1: Jim, did you go with flash dance I'm sorry. I think I'm gonna
2: go. I'm gonna go with Flashdance. I'll 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 support ah, you. Okay. Which is
1: which is the higher seed? The higher (laughs) seed is Footloose. It's a one seed. yeah i i believe flash dance is a two seed is it not
0: it's a two seed it's a two seed so
1: that's that's the patriarchy
3: it should have like (laughs) it should have some kind of a
0: bonus
1: bonus (laughs) like a
4: (laughs) a exactly exactly
1: Speaking of the patriarchy, uh, Purple Rain versus Risky Business, uh, mm. songs about putting women in dumpsters, excuse me, movies in which women are thrown in dumpsters oh, and are no. prostituted. Um, love it. Uh. Love the 80s. So wholesome. Um, is anyone here voting for Risky Business over Purple Rain? No. 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 I didn't no. think no. so. So that leaves us with a final four uh, Woo! Dirty Dancing versus Pretty and Pink, Footloose versus Purple Rain. I actually. Oh, I'm fanning myself. It's a <sighs> great final four ladies and
3: gentlemen uh, ladies and, and gentlemen just get these four albums and listen to them you'll be very happy yes. yeah. true. Uh, true. true
1: no not a bad one in the mix so let's go around the horn first dirty dancing versus pretty in pink uh johnny minogue what's your pick
0: dirty dancing absolutely yeah. i mean there's n- there's no comparison
1: all right uh jim
2: i know kate has a lot to say and i want to wait to hear <laughs> I want her to convince me.
1: <laughs> so, you're right now. Are you voting for Pretty Pink? Um,
2: no. Oh. But yes, but yes, okay.
3: Yeah. You want you want to hear my dirty dancing? Uh, unless
2: everything. you want to okay. save it
1: for later on, it, I don't. Yeah. No, no, final two. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, I can I can give you some of my argument
2: right mm. now. Why don't you set up your argument?
3: Okay. Okay. Like, dirty dancing. Where to begin? (laughs) Uh, To what extent does it exemplify the decade? One of the biggest films of the decade... Uh, The album went on to sell 32 million copies and is one of the best-selling albums, soundtrack or no, of all time. It spent 18 weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 uh, with shipments, thank you Wikipedia, of at (laughs) least 3.25, I don't don't know what that means, a lot of copies. It is the all-time best-selling album in Germany. Um,
0: Not Hasselhoff?
3: No, no, Dirty Dancing. I mean, Dirty Dancing, the soundtrack... Has a fucking sequel called More Dirty Dancing? <laughs> they
4: could have done better than that. It could have like, been could have
1: mm-hmm. dirtier, dirtier. dirty dancing. Yeah, dirty, dirty dancing colon nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> dirty oh. dancing colon so we'll go to Acapulco. Come on.
0: <laughs> but like, the is
1: there fa-changa.
3: anything? Exactly. Is there anything more eighties than that? We quickly produced a sequel that is not as good <laughs> as um. the original. I mean. It does, like, it is integral to the movie, right? Like, it's Baby going to the Catskills to, like, stay in a cabin with her family and, like, has a romance with Johnny Castle, the dance instructor. They are dancing to songs. They are dancing to these songs. And Dirty Dancing is also... Obviously, it's it's that sort of like core '80s nostalgia, right? Made in the '80s, looking back at the '60s, but there's something about the the anachronistic music of Dirty yes. Dancing that yes. is this weird alchemy, right? Yes. So you have songs like the, you have like the Renettes, um, R.I.P. Ronnie Spector, uh, Be singing baby. "Be mm-hmm. My Baby." You have um, uh, Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs doing "Stay." You have Mickey and Sylvia, Sylvia, like Come <laughs> singing. Here. Lava boy, <laughs> what do you call your lover boy yeah like doing love is strange at the same time you have the blow monkeys covering you don't own me and you have perhaps like well hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna back into that you yeah. have literally patrick swayze singing she's like the wind mm-hmm. you have mm. um
0: hungry um, guys
3: Hungry oh. Eyes, Eric Carmen, and you have Bill Fucking Medley and Jennifer Fucking Warren singing. I've had the time of my life. Mm-hmm. Now, those three songs, what do they have in common? They aren't from the nineteen sixties. They sure mm-hmm. aren't. Also,
0: mm-hmm.
3: also saxophones. Ah,
0: oh, they all did. <laughs> all They're
3: of laughing. them. All of them have a sax solo yep. that's an absolute scorcher. But like that no I've like that just like those two every it is the most kind of like yearning for this this past that never existed yes. nostalgically while also being very au courant that is the magic of dirty dancing and that is why it is the only choice as your number 1 greatest 80s soundtrack.
1: That was a final 2 argument, not a final yeah. 4 argument. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I, uh, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. We're still So, hey, Jim,
2: uh, hey, uh, you know, um, yeah, Pretty in Pink had uh, uh they had an album that came out in 2000 that was called uh, Pretty in Pink Revisited. Don't listen to
0: it. it'll it hurt my hurt my argument. Yeah. But I just bet. like just like this sounds it's equal so to dirty dancing. So it's yeah. like just forget about anything after that. Yeah, so about it. No, I'm more of course more dirty you,
3: dancing. Yes, yeah. Yes. Well, you know what? Keep keep talking. I'll
1: give you more I'll give you more
3: when I have to make my final argument. No, that's good.
1: <laughs> so does that mean you're going with dirty dancing, there, Jim? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I think we are unanimous. Like you're, you're you're dirty dancing, right? You said, Johnny?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: With your namesake. All right. And Footloose <laughs> versus Purple Rain. Uh, I'm going to start with Jim. Which one?
2: So here's the thing I've never seen Purple Rain, but I know it as an album, and I still think it's better.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, I will say Purple Rain is, as a movie, wild. Like the first time, really wild. wild. I, I, I should see like, it. Holy shit! I can't believe that this was a made, b hugely popular, and I'm like, how do women like this movie? Because he's terrible to women. He's real terrible. It's real awful. And Morris Day and the Time are no better. Um, Nope. uh, Johnny, where are you on this?
0: (sighs) Yeah, I, I I was. I'm going back and forth. This this one was more difficult to figure out because I um it's i i kind of i have to break it down to to one thing is that what movie soundtrack would make me want to watch the movie again mm-hmm. i think that while i i think it's superior in music because prince wrote and performed every single song on purple rain the mood i don't feel as much of an urge to watch the movie as i would with footloose even though i think this i think overall the whole canon of purple rain soundtrack is a better one than footloose but footloose is really ties more to the actual movie and makes me want to enjoy and reminisce on the movie where purple rain i just want to forget the movie and just listen to the music
1: that's such a good argument because the thing about the Purple Rain soundtrack is – uh, Kate, you've said this in other ones. You don't want any bummers, right? And yeah. there's some bummers on Purple Rain. Like there's – like it, it's soul tearing, right? Like yeah. it, it's also – Well, it's
3: not it's not bummers. It's like filler. But like there's no filler on Purple Rain. No. It's all good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all
1: good. Um, It, it is – they're oh, so in, but it's not all a bop it's no, not like some no. of it is like yeah mm-hmm. some of it's kind of tortured um yeah we discussed this in in round one that my argument which was against purple rain advancing at the time was it almost has an unfair advantage because yes it is a soundtrack but it is a artist and i'm really gonna use the word artist there because prince was an artist yeah even before mm-hmm. he stopped being called prince um but uh at the peak of their career doing their magnum opus right so mm-hmm. yes it's a soundtrack but it is so much more than that and i'm kind of like it doesn't like it, it it's on a completely it's, different level than any of these. It's
3: reductive almost to call it a soundtrack. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like no slight to
1: soundtracks, no. like, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for that, if we're talking about soundtracks being a collection of music that was used in a film and not like an artist's magnum opus, I think this is a better soundtrack. Oh no, people are going to think <laughs> I'm absolutely out of my mind, or that I have terrible taste, and they'd be right. But <laughs> I was going to say, and <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. What else is new? Um, Kate, where are you on this?
3: I have to give it to Purple Rain because I mean, Prince was one of the most extraordinary artists of the 20th century, and like Purple Rain is absolutely peak Prince. It's an, so I, I forget. I feel like this was in my in in the in the pre-show. Who can remember anything, Mm-mm. listeners? My brain is just like a fried egg in a pan, but not on drugs. Um, and it's let's go crazy, the beautiful ones, darling Nikki, responsible for the creation of the parental advisory sticker, When Doves Cry, Purple Rain. Like it's just an incredible work of art, and I have to vote for it, even though. It is an album outside time and not really, like, a great 80s soundtrack, perhaps.
1: It's fair. So I think we are currently deadlocked, correct? And I think they're both sorry, one seeds. They are. But Purple Rain is the ultimate number one seed. It got mm-hmm. no Dirty Dancing is the ultimate one seed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Purple uh, but Purple three, Rain is... Third. Third. Third, so it would actually win just by a hair over footloose here. Um, mm. so wow, okay, Woo! purple rain versus dirty dancing, final two <clears> around <throat> the the board. Johnny Minogue, dirty dancing or purple rain?
0: Um, I'm gonna have the time of my life, I'm going with dirty dancing, it's full, it's the whole package,
1: absolutely. And Jim,
0: uh, I need to be convinced.
2: I'm gonna, I, I want to hear the other side of it.
3: Let's hear no, it. the other side. Mm-hmm. I mean. Like, the only other thing that I was going to give you is that in December 2003, they released an album called Ultimate Dirty Dancing, which contains every song from the motion picture Dirty Dancing in the order it appears in the film.
2: That doesn't sway me. But,
3: um, uh, but should I should I read all of the songs to you? Even once they get the filler? It's all bangers. Be my baby. Big girls don't cry. Mer- there's a couple merengues. There's a there's a trot the fox. Johnny's mambo. Those are the dances. Uh, Time of my life instrumental version. Where are you tonight? Do you love me? Do you love love man? Otis writing so good. Gazebo waltz instrumental. Stay just a little bit. Lo- wipe out the safaris. Hungry eyes. Eric Carmen. Mm. Overload. Zappa Costa. Hey baby. Bruce Channel. De todo and poco, which is what they dance to. <laughs> some kind of wonderful these arms of mine cry to me will you love me tomorrow wow love is strange you don't own me yes in the still of the night she's like the wind the kellerman's anthem and i've had the time of my goddamn life
0: <laughs> if, you, if the kellerman's anthem doesn't push you over i don't That's know what. Well. exactly wow. right wow. um
1: uh, did anybody watch the movies that made us on dirty dancing No, 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 very interesting. And one of the things you find out in that film is that they were in the middle of shooting it. They did not have a song for the big final dance number. Oh my God. About to film it. They had already started doing choreography before they had the song. And, um, that's true. And then they were like going through tapes that were being sent to them. And I had the time of my life happened to be in one of the demo tapes that was sent. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Use that one without like any like thought about how big it would be it is uh, mind-bending to me like even watching the movie the first time i was like wait a minute they're in the 1950s and they're dancing mm-hmm, to a song that mm-hmm. is very clearly not from the 1950s." not from movie. the 1950s they did that yet. a couple
0: times in that movie yes. where it's like, yeah. you know, and, like mm-hmm.
1: and the <laughs>
3: dance never like breaks the fourth wall in a thousand ways it's just there's no like the alchemy of dirty dancing in some ways is like the most 80s like wish fulfillment pleasure center nostalgia like yeah, it's the most eighties. It's the most eighties thing in the world.
0: Well, and also this also encompasses original music from the eighties as well as the nostalgia that we have talked yes. about in so many other mm-hmm. soundtracks. Right. It is a melange of both of those things, and they do it so well. <laughs>
1: Agreed. Then, and I've actually been using the fact I don't i I did not push forward a lot of soundtracks that were primarily throwbacks of the fifties and sixties because to me they're not eighties. But this time, I actually think it is. It is definitively eighties because if you were a boomer in that time, that's who this movie was made for. You, my are... mother had this on cassette. Of course, there. of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> does anyone want to speak for Purple Rain as and argue for why it should win here?
3: I think what it comes down to is that sort of like calling it a soundtrack feels reductive for Purple Rain, but also like very clearly talks about what's so special about Dirty Dancing, right? Like, I think that for me is the distinction.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, it's like if you want to talk about one of the best albums of the 80s, maybe yes, we can include yes. Purple Rain and be in being here. I just, But when it comes to a soundtrack where it is a representative of the movie, and that's what a soundtrack is, a representative of that movie, this is much more over Purple Rain. Because Purple Rain, you can live without ever if, having seen the movie, which yeah. I think, Jim, you just said, you never saw the movie. I know, so. right? Yeah, I th- I think you all
2: definitely uh, convinced me because I think my my sticking point was the the retro music, right? Um, but I think you've made a pretty good argument there. And of all soundtracks, I think uh, isn't Dirty Dancing one of the most iconic?
1: And yeah. we we barely touched upon Swayze. She like. <laughs> she's, like, uh, the wind, which she's like the wind which is she's like the wind in good. my dreams i mean like what a loss what a loss Oh, what a loss so
0: much and, and what
1: a loss you were gonna say something johnny I
0: yeah I, okay so i i remember this okay this was 1987 this is the fall of 1987 i'm in the back seat of 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 a, of a bus going to school all the cool fourth grade girls are sitting on the back seat and they're <laughs> singing i had the time of my life and i can vividly remember I remember the three girls names I can see their faces I can see their Curly hair and it's like Almost 35 years later That it's still sticks in my memory That like everyone has a little memory of like A song from that from the album That it lives apart from anything From the movie or from Its original source so this is It (laughs) This is, this is it
3: and like 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 it has a mm-hmm. lift right like and so the physical lift in the dance is like it's just it's
1: perfect it is a perfect pop cultural object it's euphoric and it is the 80s yes. it's cheesy it makes no sense mm-hmm. it's hacky it's um overly sentimental um and it is, is jennifer all- gray Oh god, what a, we love her. It's um, undeniable. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. So I think we're unanimous. I I I think our pick for the best 80s soundtrack is Dirty Dancing. Yes. Do you agree? Do you want to file a robbery report with the Beverly Hills cop? Tell us how you really feel by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. While you're there, make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can hear about what new debates are coming soon, vote in open polls, and even decide which topics we tackle next. I want to say thank you to my panel. I will never forget about you. Hey, 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 hey. And thank (laughs) you for listening. If you loved what you heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon where you can get even more exclusive content and you get episodes a whole day early. We hope you have a good one. And remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinions.